Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm Kevin Daisy, and I'm happy to be your host. As always, I spend my days looking for better guests for you to listen to and bring some value to this show. And today I have Laura Terrell coming on here to talk about personal business development planning and what that could mean for you. So we'll get into that here in just a bit. Uh, But first, let's welcome Laura to the show. Thanks, Kevin. It's great to be with you. Absolutely. I'm excited to kind of talk about what we're talking about today, talk about business development or sales, processes, systems, intake, all those things on the show all the time. And uh, But this is a little bit more directed uh, at the personal individual attorney and at what they can do to, you know, really make it work for them and, you know, not just, you know, like a broad kind of plan and system. So I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, but first, as always, we want the audience to know more about you. So, you know, tell us your story, your background, and then what you're, you do now, because I want to make sure the audience knows how you might be able to help them. Sure. Well, thanks so much again for having me. I really enjoy the podcast, and it's a great topic because it's something I'm really passionate about talking about. I was a practicing lawyer for 25 plus years in a variety of different roles. I was in government. I was a special assistant to the president of the White House, a deputy assistant attorney general at the U.S. Department of Justice. And then I went to private practice and I was partner with two very large global law firms where I was also in management and had a role on the executive committee at my last law firm. So a lot of the issues that we're talking about today are very familiar to me. And these are on the eyes of managing partners all the time. They're thinking about how do they get people to understand not just the importance of business development, but actually to execute on it. And a few years ago, after I had also done a role in-house for a publicly traded company, I decided to make a shift to coaching. I work with a lot of lawyers and other business professionals, and probably one of the number one topics that comes up is, how do I grow my business? My firm or my company is asking me to grow my sales. They're asking me to increase the bottom line, originate new business, grow the pie for everybody. And I understand that in theory, but many attorneys say to me, I'm not sure how to do that in practice. There's not really a guidebook for that at my law firm. And I don't know that what's working for other people work for me. So I am really interested in that topic. I spend a lot of time with uh, clients crafting strategies that are very unique and very personal to them, because I think that's the best way you can drill down and really start to establish a meaningful and a workable plan one that actually gets you business as opposed to just building a structure that isn't bringing in anything and isn't giving you a return on your investment. Well, I mean, your background is uh, quite amazing. And so I'll just throw this out there too, is that there are a lot of coaches out there and there are a lot of coaches that have not done what they teach (laughs) or been around the block and really deserve the coach title. Um, I, I come across tons of coaches and, and people that you got to find someone that's been there, done that, and that, you know, you can trust to take you where you need to go. And so yeah, with, with Laura and her background, she's was a practicing attorney for a long time. She's done amazing things and done this uh, in lots of different firms and for herself. That speaks volumes because, again, there's just so many coaches out there that if you dig deep into them, they don't really have background or the experience to be able to even charge are to teach what they're they've learned right so they're a fake teacher i call them but laura is definitely not that so i appreciate that background well thanks kevin i i think the other thing i would say is i've always been really interested in the business of legal practice and that was one of the reasons i enjoyed being in private practice so much i think for a lot of attorneys their response when they're told we need you to go out and develop business or we need to look at the financials of your practices hey, I didn't go to law school for this. This is not what I was intending to do. Mm -hmm. I've always enjoyed the side of the work that talks about and thinks about 
where you're going to grow the business, how it's going to grow, what your focus is, what your target audience is. I was fortunate enough to learn from a lot of terrific partners coming up myself into partnership ranks where I was able to really dig down into what my firm expected, what was unique about my firm, what was going to work at my firm and what was not going to work there. So that's always where I encourage attorneys to start is really getting a sense of what their firm expects and how they fit within that. And that practicality is just almost always step one. For example, if you're a great attorney working in an employment law boutique firm and you have great prospects for clients, but they're all going to be paying you at lower rates than what your firm expects for success. You might be at a firm that doesn't match your needs as much. Maybe you need to move to a smaller firm, or you might need to think about how you could adjust your rates or make your financial arrangements with clients work better, maybe flat fees, maybe other types of arrangements, and how you get that out there in terms of how that distinguishes you as a practitioner. So I think understanding what your firm expects, what you can achieve, and how you can adapt your practices is really critical when you think about business development, because you've got to have an understanding of what the business is and what the business expects to be before you start building that plan. Um, 100%. I think that's spot on. And you know, as looking from an individual attorney contributing, whether you're the managing partner or you're in your own firm, or if you're trying to make partner or our, our new partner come into a new firm, is yeah, understanding the expectations, right? What are you supposed to be bringing to the table? And then, you know, I think with the personal side, that what is your strengths? What is your personality? What is, what are you comfortable with? And and understanding, you know, what what works for this other partner, you might be able to learn from that. But how do you take that and craft it for yourself and say, hey, I think this will work better for me. Understanding your strengths. But then again, also understanding what the firm is trying to accomplish and what they expect. So you're not just going you know, off in the off in the wrong direction. Sure. And some firms, you know, especially if you're very entrepreneurial and you're developing a new practice area that is in demand generally in the marketplace, but your firm isn't looking to support that or your firm isn't looking to move in that direction. Again, mm. there's a calibration you've got to think about. Or if you really want to make the case that this is an important new area to be focused in, maybe it's cannabis regulation, maybe mm -hmm. it's uh, COVID compliance and dealing with new employment and other situations in the workplace. If you can make the case for that and you can build a business case around what it takes to build that practice, build it out, what the timeframes are and how you will develop it and grow it, you have a much better argument to your firm for being able to put that in place. Same is true if you're in an existing practice, but you're developing a subsector of that. Maybe you've got a really terrific investigations practice, but no one has really focused in yet on FDA work or financial investigations. And you want to bring out that piece. Hmm. You've got to have a business plan to be able to do it. I think that's one thing that people underestimate in law firms. They think, you know, I've got a great idea and this is really, I know clients really want this, but your firm also has to be on board. You've got to have that match that you described, Kevin. There's got to be a meeting of the minds in terms of what the expectation is and how you're going to grow that. And in terms of business development being unique, I think that's absolutely true. I've had a lot of clients that come to me and say, you know, I'm just, I'm not a great golfer, or I don't really <laughs> have the time to take clients out to dinner all the time. Okay, well, let's talk about what your client target audience is where you think their needs are and how you think you can best interact with them. I know people that have terrific client relationships that maybe they go on a 5k run once a year with their client, but they're talking about their training for that during the year, or mm. they have a great interest in film together and they are constantly exchanging movie chatter or something like that. I think clients want to be reached on a personal level. I think they want to have a tangible and a meaningful relationship. They want to know you're not just sending them spam or junk email, but really that when you're thinking about your marketing strategy to them, that it's more about really understanding who they are. And that can be very unique to each client and it can be unique to how you market to those clients. Hey there, this is Kevin Daisy, your host and founder of Array Digital. If you're tired of wasting money with agencies that just can't get it done, then please check out my law firm, Digital Marketing Agency, at ArrayDigital.com. If you contact us there, you'll be sure to line up a meeting with me 
where we'll walk through your exact situation and come up with a plan for what you can do to improve your marketing results. I look forward to talking to you. Now back to the show. No, 100%. And for me, you know, I have clients all over the country and I rarely get to meet them in person ever, you know, so um, I, I try to make points to travel here and there and, and see some clients if I'm in the area. But at the end of the day, it's it's very difficult to go see them all. So you have to get creative there too. How do you, how do you come across online if that's a strategy for you, right? We're on LinkedIn or other platforms to where they feel a connection to you and you can build that rapport and, and be the expert. Um, and they, they kind of, they feel like they kind of make a connection there. So for me, maybe it's this podcast or it's video. And so I guess stepping it back too, even if you're like the owner of the firm or starting your own firm, what kind of business do you want to be in? And does that make sense? Is it going to bring in the money that you need to? Is it, is it profitable? Is it scalable? Thinking back to that and saying it is just because I might like this or I have like a, a client that's in this, that doesn't mean that that's viable potentially to, to go after. I mean, just a way like your firm might not be on board with you going into this little niche that you've stumbled upon. They might say, hey, that we don't want you doing that or we need to, to have you working over here. So having that alignment is definitely important. You know, for me, I do push my stuff digitally, so I have to be really creative with it. And it's it's hard to do. I can't just go to a dinner or something like that and, and meet people. So, although I would love to do that, that would be my best, just going out and mingling is my, my jam. So uh, I wish well, I could I do that in, more. I think in this day and age, there are a lot of people that post COVID are not on the road so much, maybe out in person as much and really came to rely during COVID on digital delivery methods. And for lawyers, that often means email, phone calls. And I talk with a lot of clients who are not comfortable with LinkedIn or say, uh, you know, I have a profile on my firm's website. People can learn about me there. Yeah, but people have to go find you there. And you want people to have other ways of engaging with you in part because different people are going to respond to different channels. And this is certainly part of what you talk about at Array Digital, which is finding multi, multi-stream strategies and finding different ways to reach clients and target audiences. So one thing about LinkedIn that I think lawyers underestimate is once you've got that idea for what the business plan is, who the target audience is, how it aligns, how are you going to get the word out there? How are you going to brand yourself? How are you going to build your reputation? And LinkedIn's a great way to do that if you're using the right kinds of digital strategies and you're also using analytics to see how people are responding to them. And I don't want to skip over the analytics part because I hear a lot of lawyers that are listening glazing over and saying, I don't really think about analytics. That's something my business people do, or I outsource that, or, you know, I just kind of know what works, but, but knowing who's looking at what you're posting or what you're writing or who's looking at that podcast, that's really helpful. And I think identifying that and saying, you know, I'm picking up a lot of people in this particular area of healthcare, or I'm picking up people that are existing clients, but I'm not really reaching new clients. How do I get that content in there that draws in new audiences? And that can take the assistance of professionals like yourself. It can also take the lawyer really drilling down and looking at that. Um, I find a lot of business development professionals in law firms are very overwhelmed. They have a lot of people they're working with and they're looking at an overall marketing strategy for the firm. There's nothing wrong with that, even in a midsize or a smaller firm. But as an individual lawyer, you've got to be thinking about what your strategy is for you and how you put that brand out there so that people understand what you're doing, how you can help, and just start to become more engaged with you. Maybe they start following your post about a key regulation scheme that's going to affect a particular industry. Or maybe they like to see how you connect Ted Lasso with the latest issue that's come up in your particular practice. People like humorous things too. And I think you've got to balance some of the things that you put out there as well. So it's a a complicated but it's also can be very personalized. And when you get engaged and you really think about what works for my clients, I think that gets pretty exciting to think about how are you targeting the people that will respond to you and hire you? Yeah, hundred percent. And, and for like, you know, for my firm, yeah, we, we might drive organic traffic and all this kind of stuff in particular niche areas, but you as the partner or just an attorney should have your own KPIs and tracking uh, different things. I know I get a weekly marketing dashboard KPIs and I track podcast downloads. How many podcast guests did we, we sign up? 
to be on the podcast, you know, newsletters, how many were opened, uh, who do we reach? I mean, there's so many things that we track on a weekly basis. LinkedIn, what's our following? Do we have new connections? How many invites did we get from that to the podcast or to be have a marketing consultation or to join our Facebook group? So there's all these different things that you got to kind of keep your, your finger on. And it's not that difficult once you set it up. But I think one of the things that you said I feel like is important is knowing who you're going after. And if you can niche and be the expert in a certain area, some some attorney profiles on LinkedIn, it's like, I handle a vast, you know, amount of legal issues for anybody in the world, you know, so it's, who are you speaking to? And so if you say LinkedIn, let's just choose that as one place you can, you can do this. You're commenting on people's posts, Laura's posts, right? You're commenting, you're resharing, you're giving your opinion. You don't even have to post that much yourself, but you're interacting with other people's comments or uh, content and they go to your profile. You can track your profile views. Are they going up? right? Are they, are they stagnant? Are they going down? But then when they go to your profile, you have the chance to say exactly who you are and what you care about, what you focus on. And if they're the right prospect, then they're, you're speaking to them. And then they go, wow, they do exactly what I need. And that's how you start to build, build that brand. You're, you're going to have a personal brand, whether you like it or not. And so controlling that, you know, is with everything you put out there, you know, so Having it narrow, narrowed down and targeted is, is very important. I also think it's really important to be strategic and to think about when you're targeting people, what are you targeting them for? A good example is I talk often with clients about going to conferences. Maybe you go to the Virginia uh, Bar Association actual, annual, annual conference in Virginia Beach every year, or maybe you attend ABA White Collar Crime in New Orleans or San Francisco or wherever it is this year. And maybe those are standard conferences that you put on your calendar. First question I ask is, what kind of business have you gotten out of these in the past? And what are you looking to get out of these going forward? And I find people generally have a, a general idea. Well, you know, I want to meet people in the space that can refer business to me. That's great. But these are big conferences. These are lots of people. And if you're meeting other lawyers that are competing with you for work, that may be a good part of the networking, but you might want to find ways that you're connecting with the clients that are going to hire you more. And I find a lot of people sort of don't focus on that. The same way on LinkedIn, they're connected with all the other lawyers that they know in private practice, but not necessarily people in businesses. Uh, let's say that you are looking to target people in the manufacturing and supply industry. Start looking for who you're connected with on LinkedIn. They might be connected with someone. That's always a good way to then follow the person they're connected with or see what that person's posting about. And as you say, comment on a post. You don't have to necessarily be posting the manifesto about supply chain management, but you might see somebody that's doing that and give a shout out to that. And I think people are interested because you're interested in them. When we yes. have a business plan and we're trying to target our audience it's not so much telling them all about us as it is trying to figure out what interests them that we can connect on. And I think that makes a huge difference. hundred percent. And so I'll, I'm going to hit on the, I'll hit back on the LinkedIn thing in a second, but also to go back to like your conferences and, and, and events, they cost a ton of money. You're not back billing and working on cases. There's a lot of expense wrapped up in you going to an event. What's the purpose? What's the plan? have a strategy like, well, are you just going to go and float around? Is there a certain amount of contacts you're trying to make? Like what's the goals? And so when you go there, you're not just, you're just going to get wrapped up talking to someone and go, I forgot to meet anybody new, or I forgot to do this and that. And so have a plan that you go back to every night in your hotel and say, all right, I said I would meet 10 people today and I got stuck talking to one person. Okay. Tomorrow I need to, I need to go in with intention and in purpose and, so again, what's your plan and what's the goals? And when you come back, if you didn't meet those goals, you consider not going to that event next time, right? And honestly, um, the best way to get in, get that intentionality, I think, is if you can get a list of the people that are attending, maybe just when you first check in. If you're not, if you're a sponsor, you can often get that in advance. Yeah. And if you're a sponsor and you're not leveraging that list well in advance to think about who am I talking to? What do I want to talk to them about? What do I need to know about their company or their business before I start yeah. pitching them? 
then you're wasting the sponsorship opportunity when the, that pre-list. But a lot of conferences you walk in and there's a list of people that are attending and it's on, you know, it's a sheet you don't get until you show up. That's a good time to take, you know, 20 minutes at a coffee break and just quickly look down at who do I know that I need to touch base with and who do I really want to connect with? Not everybody, not just, I think it's good to have a number like 10 people or 15 people, but who are those 10 people or 15 people? What's the intention behind meeting each one of them? Oh yeah, even better. Yeah, it, not just people, but what kind of people are by name, if you can, I want to meet this person, this person, this person, and have intention to do that and hold yourself accountable. You know, I, it's like I told my business partner, if I don't come back with X, Y, Z or the goals that we set, then we won't do this event anymore. And that's- No, I think that's right. And I also find a lot of people leave those events. I work with clients on this. It sounds pretty <laughs> basic, but it's easy to get caught up in this cocktail party or there's you know, somebody you want to have lunch with, or you need to take some calls or do some work in the evening, but you also need to be writing down notes after you meet with somebody. You need to be jotting down quickly. We talked about this. We mentioned this. These are my action items. I said, I'd send them some materials on our practice in this space, or I have an article that I think they might enjoy. I can just strip that to them. And I've even had people say to me, well, why would I just send them an article? I didn't write the article. I say, sometimes that's a way to just get engaged and show them you're looking at the same issues they are. In their Send field. them a book, you know, a book, that's helped, a book that's helped you, you know, thin book or whatever, just order a bunch of copies and what about you? This book helped me. Here you go. Yeah. And I think getting that follow-up is equally important because just any business you're going to be irked if your partners or your colleagues come back and it's, hey, we spent 10,000, 15,000 sending you and three other people to this conference. Who did you talk to? Oh, I had some good conversations about what? What did you talk about? What are you going to follow up about? You need to have specific action items. And all everything happens after the event with the follow-up. So, and you want to do it, you know, they get back, they travel, settle in, then hit them, right? You want to, and like, oh yeah, we had a great conversation. I remember you, but they didn't remember you until then, right? They, they completely forgot that whole conversation. So all the business is done well after that conference is over, if there's going to be any business done. So very important to do. And then I was going to get back in the, uh, into LinkedIn with the comments and, you know, you can have a goal for yourself. Hey, I'm going to go comment on, on five, you know, five things per day and maybe reshare some people's stuff. And then people start to notice you. Right. And then they start to build a case. Okay. They get to your profile and they say, okay, well, Oh, they do this. Okay. You can also start following people and interacting and LinkedIn will actually update your, your homepage feed. And where you start seeing only the content you want to see. So I see attorneys and law firms stuff all over my feed all day. So interacting with a few law firms every day is very easy because it's it shows you what you interact with. And so you start to build the LinkedIn that you know works for you. And very easy. Just make a task for yourself. I'm going to get up in the morning, interact, make some comments, share my opinions, whatever. And you'd be very surprised how fast... You start to make these connections, get messages, invites to things, podcasts, whatever it may be, and, and start to build that brand out. So, or, or just start to have an online connection with somebody that you may not see until you're at the same conference a year from now. I remember an instance where I was communicating with someone in-house and never worked together. We had some mutual contacts and mutual friends, but we were communicating online and they were doing a whole series of posts about some issues related to procurement in the, in the federal sector. And a year later here, we were at the conference. Oh, that's right. You guys, you're, you're the one that's always interacting with me. You're always commenting on my stuff. We're always talking about this. And how, so I know you do some work in that area. Tell me how you got into this. It gives you this great opening when you do interact with someone in person or you see them at an in-person event. So building that ahead of conferences and meetings and events is also really important. If somebody sees you for the first time and it's a cold meet, that's a lot harder than if you've got some kind of connection and digital connections count for a lot these days. Well, sure. So for, I'll just back it up to events a little bit too. Again, I sponsored a, a legal, it was legal administrators, uh, LMA, wait, not LMA, not LMA, sorry, uh, ALA which is associate of legal administrators. So these are the folks that run law firms, but they're not the attorneys. Great group, by the way. But I got the email list prior and I emailed them all the email with my photo and was like, 
you know, like meet me, I'll be there. My name's Kevin, you know, so very personal, but just like a big photo of me. And I literally had so many people that were like, Hey, I got your email. And I, I remember seeing you because I looked the same and I'm wearing the same shirt. And so that was a huge success. And it took no time. It was an email that I sent to like, you know, 75 people. And I had so many people come up and ask for marketing and they had questions and stuff like that. And so that was the easy thing to do. So if you get that pre-list, 100%. The other thing too is, like you said a minute ago, I see attorneys, they always go to bar events and hang out with attorneys. Like completely the opposite. Imagine if I went to a marketing event and hung out with marketing people all day. Like that wouldn't make any sense at all. So now a lot of marketing people do that, but that doesn't make any sense. I'd rather go to a legal conference and get get in there somehow, right? And hang out with lawyers all day. So you got to figure out where your ideal customer hangs out. And if that's in your local area, if you're a local business uh, attorney, you want to go where business owners are hanging out. For me, yeah, I think, pod- yeah. yeah, I think building, you know, networking with other attorneys can be powerful for referrals and that does happen. But ultimately, you really want to be with clients who can hire you directly and that will come to you in the first instance. I think attorneys spend way too much time on only attorneys. I, they tell me all the time, well, I just hang, I just go to attorney events and I get referrals. Well, this is just a referral. You still have to give them 30%. Uh, and it's not really you know, how you want to build your whole business. So I think there's a gentleman I had on this podcast years ago, like two or three years ago. And he was a video game uh, intellectual property attorney. And so he goes to all these cool Comic-Cons and video game conferences where there's no lawyers there at all. And he made a, uh, he made a business card that looks like a, uh, kind of like a magic, magic the gathering or card, like a, and he had his, he had himself made as like a, you know, a character and had his, his email address on there. It was super cool. He all had all his, like his powers and stuff on there. And he gets tons of business from video game creators because he's out hanging out with them at their level. And his expertise is in intellectual property law. So really cool, you know, way that he gets his business. And you don't hang out with, with attorneys at all. Sure. Look, I mean, attorneys are great people. I actually think that I am an attorney myself. So, but it's not just, I mean, I enjoy hanging out with my colleagues and I learn from them. And there's certainly a role for referral, but some of the most meaningful, deep relationships I've had for business development purposes have been spending time with other clients. Um, I think one of the mistakes that firms often make early on with junior newbie lawyers is to tell them to really focus on being part of their bar association and they'll get lots of business from that. I think it's good to be part of your local bar association. It provides camaraderie. It provides learning opportunities. But in terms of business gathering, really your better opportunity is going to be getting out there with the clients and keeping in touch with your college roommate, a parent from the PTA that you've connected with, somebody in your church or your synagogue that is doing something, you know, really cool for this company that you think could really use your services and just being able to talk about what you do, hear what they do. I know people that have made incredible connections for work by meeting someone outside the legal team in a company, but that person really knows the ins and outs of how the company works, how they hire, uh, how they approve people, uh, what's coming in their future. And then you get a little bit of a base that you can start to pitch to the lawyers in-house and even make a connection through. So I, I think that's really critical. We overestimate sometimes in business development, connecting with other lawyers, connecting through the bar, when connecting with the people that are part of the fabric of your everyday life is a lot of how you gain the people that will come into your orbit as a lawyer, particularly if you're working in your community and your community is really your target. You're working sure. largely local, but it's also true in, in broader context. So I, I just think that's key. And it's, and it's one reason I also encourage clients to see business development as a long-term proposition. You never have anybody that you discard you know that there's always a possibility that somebody you're forming those relationships with, that you have conversations with, that you share valuable info with, will see you as somebody they might refer to somebody else, even if they don't have a way to engage you right now. Yeah, you, you just never know who people know and what changes they might go through in their life or end up in some company or somewhere that's you know just perfect for you. Oh, I know someone that can help us with this. And I think that's part of the personal brand. So 
back when I started my company, when I first started my company, I was a freelancer. I just did websites. I was Kevin, the website guy. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be Kevin, the website guy. I want to be a, a company, an agency. So I kind of had to like, all right, I want to get my name out of this and, and be a company. And so I started building, you know, oh, I, I own a company and we're, we can do marketing. I had like no people, right? So, but that's, I knew that was important because I don't want to be Kevin, the website guy getting low end clients and stuff like that. And then over the years, you know, I didn't want to be known for just websites. I go, oh, we do more than that. And then we did some software for a while. And, and so I, I've gone through these changes where you have to do something about your personal brand and what people think, or it will just be whatever they think. And so if you're just a lawyer to all your friends, make sure they know, hey, I specialize, I help people um, in child abuse cases, or I only do divorce for men. I mean, I've, I got people that are niched as that, right? So what does everyone in your power base, if you will, do they know what you do? Make those phone calls. Hey, did you know, by the way, that I am, you know, I'm focused on trademark law. And if anyone you know is has a business or needs that kind of work, you know, think of me. Do, do they know what you do or do you just think they know? And if you think they know what you do, there's a good chance they really don't have a clue what you do. So That's entirely possible. I think that's also part of when we talk about personalizing your business development, it's finding things that set you apart. I was really fortunate. I worked with a client for a number of years that I, I just really enjoyed the people there. And we worked in a lot of capacities together where I would get to know the people in operations, the people in research, the people in sales. It wasn't just the legal team. And it was great to be able to delve deeper with them. And one of the comments I had from the very pleased client we sometimes feel, you know, our company better than we know it ourselves. And I thought, you know, that's true. I do really feel like I've gotten pretty embedded and I've listened to this company and I've gotten to understand them and know them better. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to find a way to market that to other clients. So when other clients talk to me, I would say, you know, we're interviewing a couple of different firms. Yours is one of them. What's that, you know, what, what do you think you bring that's unique? I'd say, well, you know, I think I really am good at understanding the ins and outs of your company, almost like I'm on the inside and listening to what you need. And I'd love for you to talk to another client of mine that I think could share with you how I got to know their company almost as well as they did themselves. It's a great introduction to a unique reference. And it was a wonderful way to, to do that. I have a client I'm working with right now who is, I like that. yeah, I have a client I'm working with right now on a different note that is really experienced in working with companies that are based in France, but have U.S. subsidiary operations. And it's a very unique type of area where many French companies have a fair amount of control, desire to know what's going on. They're not just letting their U.S. organizations or the U.S. subs operate freely. This client has a particular specialty in really being able to work those channels and make both the French parent and the American sub feel good about the work that's being done from a legal perspective. And it's meeting both the needs of the U.S. sub and the French parent. This client is French speaking, French background. I mean, that's really pretty niche, but it yeah. is an incredible selling point for a certain market. Yeah. And I think another good uh, tip here, and uh, I've, I've done this exercise uh, a little while back, but if you're not really sure what makes you unique, say you're not very niche or niched in what practice you're in right now. Maybe it's just kind of like not very niche. Well, what makes you special? Because everyone's going to have their own, you can have your own personal brand, regardless of if you're doing just divorce. You're like, well, that's not very special. It's just divorce in my area. What makes you unique? Talk to some of your clients, go to some of your best clients and say, Hey, why did you choose me? What do you like about working with, with me or my firm? And start, they'll, they'll tell you, well, I like this, I like that. And then there you start to build, okay, here's here's what makes us unique. And you want to have three three of those that are if added together, make you completely unique to someone else. So and if you're not really sure, and most people don't, they're not sure. I don't know. We're just a marketing company. Talk to your clients. They'll, they'll tell you. Yeah. And in the area of family law, and you know that encompasses divorce law, I think there are so many ways in which people are looking for something that's unique. One of which is just, I didn't feel like I was just another 
divorce case. I felt like this person really understood my personal circumstances and really worked to try to get me the settlement, the resolution I wanted, the arrangements for custody, whatever. I've also heard people say in family cases, you know, I knew this was going to be contentious. And so I wanted to find somebody that was going to fight for me and was going to be on my side and not just tell me all the roadblocks, but try to find solutions for me. And those are great referrals because depending on who you're looking at, I happen to have a, a family law firm that I particularly like in Northern Virginia that I referred people to for a number of years. And one of the things I said was, everybody I've sent to this law firm has come away very satisfied with the high quality of service they've gotten. And they've all had good resolutions that haven't dragged on for years in their divorce proceedings. Those are very tangible things that people can understand. And that sure. kind of branding is worth a lot. Absolutely. Well, uh, so I think too, this is where for me, like some of the, these attorneys can get involved more online and digitally is say you have a, say you're a partner, you're not, you don't run the firm, you're just uh, there and you have a page with your, your profile. What if you had a video of you talking or if you posted online and, and LinkedIn and people could actually see you and hear you versus just, you know, they have to go look at you or find you or, or what you're typing or talking about online. But say you wanted that strong attorney that you feel like can take care of a case and support you, watching them on video and talk and carry themselves goes a long way for you to say, oh, I, I like what they had to say. I feel more connected to them. And you can build that connection prior to you maybe reaching out to them. I so totally I think video, agree. I think video is massive and it's fairly underused for, for the attorneys right now, for sure. And, it, and you know, you're in this business. Think about the power of it's one thing to say, Laura will fight for you. It's another thing to have a video where I describe exactly how I've done that or how I approach my clients so that I'm fighting for what their goals are. It just gives a whole different texture and a whole different depth to it. And it doesn't just sound like a tagline that isn't backed up by a real body of work and real substance. Sure. And if you're passionate about it and that's the truth and it can, that can come out in that video or whatever you're going to do, or if you have a client like you saying exactly that as well, like here's a client of us, ours saying exactly their experience and building those cases up. But I just think video is very underutilized right now. And, um, I agree. And, like, and, and the podcast, right? This for me absolutely. has been the biggest thing. So I think we just had an episode that went live yesterday about podcasting, but say you're a business attorney. So B2B, you could literally for business development purposes, right? Have guests on in your community that run businesses so that you learn more about their business, let them have a stage and they get to know who you are. And for B2B, this, this a platform like this is, is, is huge. And yeah, I think people do underestimate the podcast market for attorneys and not just to, you know, talk about their practice, but to have a podcast you launch where each member of the firm has a different topic that they take. It doesn't have to be an hour long. It can be two of them chatting about the topic to keep it interesting. So it's not just one person. It can be, you know, let us update you on this really critical rule that's going to affect, let's say, child custody disputes or child support divisions in Virginia. Uh, let's talk about a new rule that's come down with respect to uh, water rights in the state and how you address that. So I think people can get really substantive, keep it short, keep it tight, keep it yeah. interesting, um, accompany it with some bullet points, you know, hitting why it is you're talking about this. And you just have a whole different way of reaching that target audience. And if you'd sent out a PDF that you open or just <laughs> have a line on your website. Yeah, you get to have that personal connection that you can hear and see them and feel, you know. So it's, I just think it goes a long way. So I, I think the podcast platform is is definitely underutilized and could be huge. If you're B2B, 100%, because you can invite business owners directly on the show to talk about their business. Who doesn't want to talk about themselves? You know, get them on just like I do with attorneys. That's no secret. It's mm -hmm. like attorneys on, they get to know who I am, but I generally care about their business and I care about growing my business. and. That's what we talk about on this podcast, but, but it does a lot to build my brand. And if I go to a legal conference, it's a good chance people go, Oh, I, I listen to your podcast and they have a face to the name, you know? And, and so it goes a long way. If you're, if you're more of a B2C, so like divorce or something like that, then yeah, you could be talking about the real issues, tips, things to do 
you know, all the basic stuff and, and Google, if you put this like on YouTube, like a video version, then you're searchable. So like someone's like, Hey, I'm in Virginia beach. And, uh, how long does a divorce take in Virginia? You have a good chance that video might come up if you, you tag it for that and you talk about that. And now they're watching you explain the answer and then they can go, well, that's an attorney. I guess I like what he had to say. I guess I'll go ahead and navigate over to their website and, and give them a call. You kind of bring them in that way. But I think the personal connection you can, you can build with video is, is massive. And I think the, you know, the, the upshot of all this, Kevin, to me is that when people hear the phrase business development as attorneys and they start to get nervous, I've had clients say, I'm just not salesy. I don't like to sell. This isn't necessarily about selling. It's about branding yourself, forming relationships with people that could use your services or that you think might be somebody that might be just interested in what you do, or you would like to, you know, share your knowledge with, but it's much more personal. It's much more individualized to you than just selling. If it was as easy as just putting out a product and selling, you wouldn't be able to do it. The other thing I, I say to people is don't be selling what everybody else is selling or developing for business what everybody else is doing. If everyone else is chasing the same companies, think about where your niche might fit around companies that are underserved or companies that aren't marketed to. I had a great client at one time yeah. that was a fairly medium-sized company in the space that it worked in. One of their pet peeves was we get a lot of people that come in here and tell us about the number one company in this space. We've worked with the number one company in the space. They're the big gorilla. They're terrific. Here's how they do things. Here's what we've done for them. They're great. We spend you know, countless attorney hours a year. We have people that are dedicated to them. We can do the same thing for you. We want to show you we'll use the same model. And the reaction of that client was actually, okay, that's good to know that you work for number one, but we get treated like number five or six. And we want somebody that's really coming in to tell us, hey, we've looked at your business profile. We've looked at what you do. And we've looked at how that matches with how we can help you, not just how we can replicate what we did for the number one. Because they were worried, where do you have the bandwidth to even help us if you're focused on number one all the time? Or yeah, or do you care about us because we're not that big compared? Right. Uh, I get clients that say that all the time. They, They make these comments. We might be too small. You might not be able to focus on us. They come in with that sometimes. I'm like, well. We take care of everybody the same or because we're contractually obligated to do it. And that's what we're going to do. But, but no, I, I, I 100% agree with you. And I think um, there was a book, is it like uh, Red Ocean or Blue Ocean? So you got like the Red Ocean, which is like everyone goes after the same kind of client that they want. And then you got the Blue Ocean, which is basically finding your, you know, that underserved niche that you can specialize in, still be passionate about. And, you know, no one's focused on them. So if you can find that, you can definitely do very well for yourself. Yeah, I think another trap lawyers fall into just on that same note is some big development comes out in the field and suddenly you see every lawyer in that space piling on, writing a client alert, a client update, a LinkedIn post that let me summarize what the development is. Let's summarize what some of the possible implications are. And invariably, you can summarize the developments. You don't necessarily know the implications. You don't necessarily know where this is going. You can speculate. But all of these look the same. I remember when I was in-house getting these all inundated, and you think, yeah, I know that rule came out. You know how I know? Because I've got 27 lawyers that have all emailed me their summary of this new law or this new statute or federal regulation that's going to affect us. I need somebody to provide something different. Maybe it's, you know, this is this regulation, but look at the trend we've seen in the course of the prior five regulations, or this statute reverses something that was done a year ago. And here's why that's important because it might get reversed again. Tell me something I don't know. And I think clients want to know something different. They don't just want you to follow the herd and market to them what you're marketing to others. Yeah, I think a good point. Like a lot of them do the same thing because we'll, we'll have clients like, Hey, I got to get this, this out on my news blog and, you know, it's just a alert thing. That's the copy paste or something they wrote. It's like everyone's on the same thing. So I totally agree with that. Be unique. What makes you different? You see that come out and go, all right, I got to do something completely different than what they're doing. You know, and, yeah, I have and- a client that said to me, I, I have a great idea for an article that I'd like to do and nobody's writing on this. So I wonder, is it worth talking about? And I said, if nobody's writing about it, 
and you think it's worth talking about and you can see why your clients would care about it, write that article, get it out there. You want to be the first mover in the space to be able to do that, not wait until everybody else has woken up and sees that this is really critical in the industry. Yeah, it'd be like it'd be like buying a stock because everyone you know told you it's going crazy. Like worst time to get involved at that point. You're late to the game. So yeah, you got to be different, take a different approach. Uh, the other thing too about the business development and, and sales, being salesy, I've done a lot of sales training, a lot of sales books. I had a whole sales team at one point. I don't think of this as selling at all what I do because if you're the expert in the space and you, you believe it and you know you can do that, then you're not selling anything. You're just evaluating their situation. Is it something that we can help them with and it's a fit? And if so, it's you can say it's not there's no sales involved. It's really just matching up and saying, you know, it looks like we can really help you. Here's what we would do and here's how we can do it, you know, but we're we're not selling anything really. It's, it's really if this was a good fit or not. And so there's a good book out there. It's uh, the business of expertise. And so if you can become an expert and niche and become the expert, that does a lot of marketing for you, you know? So it's people seek you out versus you banging on doors and trying to call people makes things a lot better. It's all about the personal, that personal business development planning and, and finding your niche and area that you want to work in. And eventually you become that expert. And where people are like, oh, you got to call Laura. She that's she's the person you need to call to. And then they already sold you before you talk to the prospect, right? They come in. With, I want to hire you. I've heard nothing but good things. <laughs> yeah, and and it comes back again to your reputation, your brand for what you do, and why that is so important. How you do things differently. There can be lots of people that offer digital marketing services. There can be lots of people that offer legal services, but how you stand out is really the critical thing. Yeah, but I think it all comes back to that. So, and and here's the thing with this kind of the personal branding and, and all that stuff, it takes time. So you, you got to have a plan, you got to put it in place and you got to start doing it, you know, repetition so that people go, hey, who's the expert in this? Who, who should I turn to? And eventually that, that builds up, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, you have to call Laura. She's, <laughs> there's, she's the obvious choice for you. That's it. Right. And so, everybody starts with one client or two clients and you grow from there. Yeah. Well, I love it. All right. Well, I appreciate you sharing you know, your thoughts on this. Uh, we definitely subscribe to the same thing and uh, had the same beliefs and, and see a lot of attorneys out there, you know, not utilizing a lot of different tools that are, you know, LinkedIn video are just hanging out with lawyers all day. Right. So, but I think it's like, you know, step back, look at what you're trying to do look at where you're trying to go and what does that look like over the next year, two years, three years. If you want to be the expert in this one area, but you're not even close, well, what does that look like? How are you preparing to set yourself up for that? And is it a viable space to be in? Absolutely. And if it's not working, let it go. If you're putting a monthly ad in construction uh, business, you know, monthly and you're not getting business out of it, Something's either not right with the ad and the mode of advertising that you're doing there, or it's not the right vehicle to get you there. And that may take a little work trying to, again, figure out ROI, figure out some of the analytics on what you're looking at. But if it's not working, let it go. There's almost no business development strategy that's worth hanging on to just because it's the way you've always done it, or you think it's just a part of your brand. If it's a part of your brand and it's not working, you need to move on. Yeah, and I think you know, question everything, right? So, uh, say the firm you're at has always done this one thing that everyone goes to, but you're like, okay, why am I going to this, and what are we getting out of this, and is it really supporting my my brand and where I'm trying to go? Step back, we question things, and say, hey, why are we doing it this way? Well, we've always done it that way. Well, yeah, that might be a good sign that it's time for a little change. So, yes, I totally agree. And the you know these bigger firms that have been around. They might have their own ways of doing things. So if you're just a, one person at a big firm, you got to look out for you and the firm, but how, where do you want to be? And you got to start that path sooner than later. So, well, Laura, thank you so much for sharing today. Obviously you have a lot of, you know, experience in this area as an attorney and as a coach. So I uh, definitely tell people, Hey, reach out to Laura, connect with her. It's her website address is down below. That's lauraturell.com. 
That's Laura, T-E-R-R-E-L-L.com for those on audio. And Laura, what's other ways that uh, folks can reach out to you? On LinkedIn, I love to have people connect with me there. I post not only things that are on my mind or work that I'm doing that talks about maybe business development or maybe how to get a promotion in your firm, but I'm also looking at other people's stuff, people that I see that are doing great things out there that I want people just to see a really fascinating development in the legal industry. So I'd love to connect with people that are interested in those areas that want to share with me what's on their mind. So LinkedIn is terrific. And as I, as you mentioned, my website, if you're interested in coaching is a great way to connect with me, lauraterrell.com. Excellent. Well, Laura, thanks so much for sharing your story, your background and, and more you know, about the personal brand and, and personal business development planning. I think it's something that um, I guess any associate attorney or uh, new partner attorney or if you're just running your own practice, this is uh, something that you need to do and, and take a step back. And again, reach out to Laura if you're not sure where to start or if you have questions, you can reach out to me, of course, um, and I can connect you to as well. But uh, something's very important and something I see um, a lot of attorneys struggle with or they, they just don't have a plan at all. And, and so I think that's definitely an issue. Uh, Laura, anything else you want to share before we go? Just that it's been a pleasure and uh, really appreciate the opportunity to share my thoughts with you and uh, talk from a business person to a business person also. Yes, absolutely. And uh, for those actually tuning in and Laura as well, uh, we've actually taken, uh, we've almost had 300 guests on this show, managing partners and experts like yourself uh, coming on and talk about different topics. But we also just started a Facebook group. So we have the Managing Partners Mastermind Facebook group. Laura, I'll send you an invite to that in just a second. Uh, anyone else, I will be sharing that group out. There are some rules and it's private, but I ask if you're listening and you're an attorney, you want to join, you can comment or or ask me. Um, I'll get you the link to to check that out. And right now we, we're growing quite an awesome group of top managing partners and experts uh, to really talk about issues in the business, challenges, things like business development personal branding, anything they're having challenges with. So it's really just a, again, mastermind to discuss real things and, and, and have others weigh in with, you know, solutions really, and what they've done. So look for that Facebook group. If you're connecting with me on LinkedIn, I'll be, I'll be sharing it quite a bit here often soon. So uh, Laura, thanks so much again. I look forward to talking to you soon. You can stay on with me. We'll actually stay backstage and everyone else. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, have a great day. Thank you for listening. We have been producing this podcast for years, have had hundreds of guests and produced hundreds of episodes. We don't ask for much, but I do have one ask. If you find value in this podcast, please share it with one person just like you. The best way to do that is to send them to ArrayDigital.com where we have a full library of all the episodes that they can sort by practice area and or state. So again, we appreciate you listening and thanks for sharing.